hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at, I know I'm in an alleyway, I know, I know how I look, but I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers, that's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. Isn't he wonderful? Call him Willy Isn't Wonder. Isn't he lovely? I oh no, he doesn't know the words. Sitting. He doesn't know. Isn't it. he wonderful? Commit to the bit, Will. Yeah, that's the words. Bobbity boo. We're a great comedy team, and this is where he comes in with the rest of it. Isn't he, he wonderful? This probably really isn't going to sync up very well, considering we're doing this remote. This is going to be pretty terrible for the listener if I start singing, isn't it? No, I match. No, I mean you could be the backup singer, or I could be the backup singer. You want like, me to be the backup up, singer? You up. Do, you that's want not me, even the you, tune. Excuse me. You yeah. want me, Doctor yeah. Capella, to be your backup singer? I put I've I clicked pause on the uh, recording that I recorded long ago of mm-hmm. "Isn't He Lovely," uh, directed at Theo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I uh, the audience knows that I'm the bigger, better singer. I don't know what you're what right. you're talking about. You know what? If you know what, will if this is your dream, uh huh, I'm gonna let you have this one. If this if if you declare right now that this is your dream. If you if this is your dream, just because you were in acapella <laughs> doesn't mean you're a better singer than me. I'm willing to concede that if this <laughs> is your dream. <laughs> no, it actually does mean that you're a better singer because you got onto a team <laughs> that is specifically for singing without any instruments. And to I cover love that you call band. it a team, and I love that you said we had practice because those are all the right words you did. to be using. Yes, 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 yes. Right, right. It was it was it was arduous. We were a team. You come we back were, sweaty. We wore jerseys. We always showered off after practice. Yeah, 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 right. Nice song there, and whoops you with the towel. <laughs> Six solo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's just some of the locker room talk here in Segment City. Welcome to Segment City. A- uh, acapella, capital of the world. People don't know that about Segment City. Somewhere had to be the acapella capital of the world, so may as well be here. It's it's the actual city in like musicals and stuff where you can start off a song where you're like, I have a song in my heart, mm-hmm. and people just like Ooh. they just drop everything and start helping you out. Yeah, <laughs> they be, like we have practices. Everyone's ready to just drop everything and start singing. I'm Will Kane, choreographer of the Segment City Acapella Group. It's just one big one, and I'm Theo, Doctor Capella Sapakos. I've already said that earlier. Oh. I'm sticking with it, Doctor Capella. Doctor Capella. Oh. This is a podcast where we only talk about acapella. We just kind of sing our feelings away. We also come up with segments each week on a variety of subjects. Some are new, some are reoccurring, some are about like history, news, video games, all the things that Theo and I are interested in, and you're just along for the ride. But most of them are about acapella. Most of them are about acapella. Right. Now, Theo, I wanted to talk to you 
uh, about a thing that happened in my life. I know we normally do Will's Stupid Thoughts, but this is just a fun little uh, anecdote Will stupid that anecdote. I wanted to. Yeah, Will's Stupid Anecdote. Uh, I had somebody whom I know and I will not... Well, we're in Massachusetts. So it doesn't matter now. But somebody gave me and my family pot cookies. Right. So that's Don't fun. you still feel like you're getting away with something whenever you say that, uh, right? Absolutely. That's why I was like, do I Yeah, you're like looking around. Out? You're like, any, hey, hey, any hey. narcs? You got you to gotta openly announce. Even if you're in an, uh, a, a room by yourself, you still have to ask, any narcs? Any then, police here, and they uh, raise their hands. Yeah, and, yeah. The police climb out Pile from behind up. your bed, and they <laughs> say, "Ugh, we almost got him. He almost didn't ask." Yeah, but my <laughs> my uh, mother came into my room uh, when my girlfriend was over, and said, "You guys know that those are pot cookies, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, I received. I received them. I'm the one who received them, and I know that they are pot cookies." And she was like, your father almost ate like four or five of them. Oh, God. Even though we said to him. <laughs> we you got to la- you gotta label those bad boys. You got to label them. These are pot cookies. Like he knew. Like the person that delivered them was still there and was like, yeah, I brought you guys some pot cookies. And he was like, sick. And then completely forgot about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> just immediately. And he almost had a moment where he just nom, 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 cookie monster. Cookie right? monster them? And then he would just lounge in his chair and be like, "Man, this those cookies, those are, cookies really are really cool. good." Oh no, honey, help me! But that's just kind of a fun because I just <laughs> maybe maybe the cookie his first cookie caused him to forget. Maybe he knew full well going into that first first cookie, oh, and then maybe and then the droogs took a hold of him. It's it's a, a cycle where you get it's a vicious high cycle. and then you get munchies and you don't have anything else other one of, than the cookies. One of my eat. friends who shall remain nameless was was yeah. high and he was he was munching on an Oreo. He had an Oreo in his other hand and he was asking us to pass the Oreos, please, because he needed another <laughs> one. <laughs> and we pointed out to him that the one in his left hand already had a bite taken out of it and the one in his right hand was was whole. So he probably didn't need a third Oreo at that moment. For his third hand, his third eye. His third eye, his third mouth. When I, when we're in college, I remember this distinctly. This was, I, in college, I didn't smoke all that much. But there was a time that um, my aunt came in and she's like, he, like classic, like 60s stoner, <laughs> like was there for fucking Woodstock Is this crystal kind of lady. Yes, it is crystal yeah, Same aunt. Yeah, nice. Um, and she, so it was like, okay, here's some edibles. And I was like, nom, nom, nom. okay, cool. And then she's like, and I was leaving and she was, gave me a hug. She's like, okay, here's a hug. Now take a hit of this. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> so auntie, I, I trust you. My dad drove me back in and I was like, oh, no. no. Like on the drive, like, I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like talking to my dad, like, sure, uh-huh. dad. that's all I could say. And I remember coming home and talking to you for a little bit, and I knew distinct, like, not even in that, like, high person, people know I'm high. Mm-hmm. I knew for a fact that you knew I was high, yeah. and I was just being obnoxious. I like, was like, I was like, I'm going to let him have his time. It's fine. I, I, I knew exactly, like, I, right now, I can 100% imagine what I was like, and I'm like, no, you were in the right, just be like, cool, man. And you just Cool, man. I'll talk away. to you later. <laughs> You're like, calm down for a bit. Well, I knew, we'll I knew that whatever i said really wouldn't make a difference because you were gonna be like 
you're you were having your own adventure. I was just yeah, was like, was. I'm gonna let him have this, whatever. I, think <laughs> I just like sat now. in the chair. I just like slumped back. <laughs> anyway, that's just the life of times in Massachusetts now. We're in heathen country. In heathen county, where we still can't buy liquor after 11 p.m. Is that true? Is there? I've never had I don't know. to the buy liquor, liquor laws liquor are weird in, in Massachusetts. Did you know uh, my girlfriend lived in Sweden for a bit, like study abroad, and they have like government-owned liquor stores like that you can only go to, yeah, only on like certain times, certain days, which I'm like, okay, that's mm-hmm. interesting. People talk about big government here big in government. America. Big old government. Tried taking away our alcohol one time. The, you know what happened? What happened? Bathtub moonshine. Just People that went one. blind. <laughs> the whole nation said, gather in Mississippi. You got a big old bathtub? We're going to fill it with wine. You ever hear about a man named Al Capone? Sure. He he did the alcohols. He did the bathtub. He did the bathtub. He, <laughs> you know what they say about Al? He loves a good bath. He does love a good bath. Did you? Okay. I one last tension before we go to your segment. I heard a recording, like one of the few recordings of Al Capone. And you know how people do Al Capone in movies and stuff. They're like, "Hey, I'm Al Capone. How's yeah, sure, it right. going?" Um, one Al Capone in real life died an idiot, like because he he had like syphilis <laughs> Lived and it an just idiot, ate his died brain. An idiot. Yeah, he, it, like ate his brain. He didn't get it checked out, and it's like, you dude, you have like pus coming. I got out of no you. time for doctors. I gotta go see the guy about the thing. But he didn't talk like that. He he was like, so uh, take care of the guys, eh? Like he, <laughs> that's how he talks. He kind of had a high squeaky voice. Oh, so he's like, kind of a mousy hey, guy, you, huh? You wanna take him out, kill him. Take take him out take him out back. Okay, boss, I'll take him on a nice date. No, no, no. <laughs> he him he himself he himself sounds like a henchman. Yeah, yeah, you get him, boss. You yeah, you tell him how it is. I <laughs> I think I mentioned to this is my last tangent. No, no, really, the final tangent. No, 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 no. You and I, when we walk together, we look like Wario and Waluigi mm-hmm. in I do own a flat cap, and there are times that I want to. And I do wear. wear a, I do own a Waluigi cap. Yeah, and there, well, I want to be around you and just be like, "Yeah, boss, yeah." No, I, I just, wouldn't be the boss. We'd both be henchmen. Okay, there. <laughs> Who's in control of us? We're just because I'm. You're you're just very tall in comparison to you. I don't look. I look squat. But really, I'm just I'm just six normal foot. Height, like right? I'm yeah. I'm I'm pretty tall compared. But like I'm just thicker. Yeah. Okay, um, boss. Okay, boss. Yeah. Whatever you want. And you're like, yeah. You're like flipping a coin. You have <laughs> flipping a, a coin. On. My hair greased back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the life I want for us. That's you know but, we could be out there causing up to no good, or we could be not. here doing your next segment. Doing my next segment. Which is part two of a segment which we started a couple weeks ago. Okay. Celebrity baby names. Part two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck. I remember being bad at this. So. Well, this one is a little it's slightly shorter, but I okay. there there were there were honestly these celebrities out here having kids. If you're you should as a celebrity you should have to go to a registry and say. This is what we're planning to name our child, and someone can say, um, absolutely not. <laughs> Somebody can go, nah. Nah, that's illegal. All right, so first one. This is uh you probably can get this one. The children okay. three three children names. 
uh-huh. North, Saint, and Chicago. Kanye West. That is Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. I can't believe he named his child Northwest. Northwest is the worst. This thing. is the worst one. I think because he knows. It's not like, oh, let's name this child. North is actually like, juice. I'm like, like pretty okay with the name North, actually. But the fact that yeah. his last name is West ruins it. Yeah. It, it's it's a big it's a big ups it's a oopsies. big it's a big stinker yeah it's a big stinker what do you expect from Kanye West that guy's crazy can we just I wish he's the same person I wish he named his child Diamond Teeth Diamond <laughs> Teeth West <laughs> it just, it's not even a pun no he's just, just like I of, you know I like my diamond teeth <laughs> I named you after the the best thing in my life after the best thing to go that's happened to me my diamond teeth. <laughs> I named you after the bravest man I know. Me. Dad, you named me after yourself. <laughs> after my true inspiration. Me. All right. The next one. Ireland. 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 Ooh. Liam Neeson. That would be pretty good. That would Ireland be a fun one. Neeson. This is actually Ireland Baldwin. What? Wait, Child which Baldwin? Alec so Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Oh, Alec Baldwin. Okay. Who is, yeah. turns out, kind of a crazy person, apparently. Yeah. I mean, you should probably know that from 30 Rock. Like, yeah, but I he's thought. He's not exactly stable. I thought, he was, uh, I thought he was doing a bit, and then turns out he's just kind of actually unhinged. There's a lot of Baldwins, and I always get them there all are confused. Because yeah. Alec Baldwin, top tier Baldwin. He's, right. He's A lister for, for sure. Right, right. And right. then, like, I can't even list the other Baldwins. There's one that was in Saw 2, there was mm-hmm. one that was in Firefly. That was, mm-hmm. um, there was one that, I don't know if there, I think there's four Baldwin. He should have named his child another one, Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one up. Moxie Crime Fighter. Moxie Crime Fighter. Moxie okay. Crime Fighter is the name of this child. So I need to start thinking of 1930s radio announcers that are this famous. This kid's Who got Moxie. This kid's got Moxie, some good transatlantic accent. Ooh, mm, let me feel it out. He's coming in from the left. He's coming in from the right. He's Moxie Crime Fighter. Is Crime Fighter the middle name or is this one long first name? Moxie is the first name. Middle name, one word, Crime Fighter. Moxie Crime Fighter. Ooh, it's we got Nick Nick Cage, so Nick Cage is out. I remember that from last time. If this child grows up. And doesn't join some sort of government agency. <laughs> what if they don't? What if? Okay, but what if he's boring? Also, just like I am, Moxie, Moxie, crime fighter. <laughs> um, or what if he was a uh, criminal defense lawyer? Hey, I know you didn't <laughs> do it. All right, I'm here to fight the crime, and the crime is that you got persecuted. You got caught in the act. No, all right, that's a crime. Come on. Did you get uh, convicted for wrong things? Come to me, Moxie, crime fighter. <laughs> I'm here to fight crime on your behalf. We'll Moxie fight. Crime fighter we'll, does not we'll, actually fight crime with his fist. He fights it. Fights it with the law. <laughs> with the law. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm gonna. I'm. This is just shot in the dark. Um. Hmm. You are. You're, I, I can give you a hint if you'd like. Yeah, I don't. This I is nothing. the child of a magician. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fucking I didn't expect You didn't that. see that one coming, did you? That was that was be like if we're in a boxing match, you that just was, fucking like I hit rang you with my the bell. Uppercut, yeah. Oh fuck. Um okay, David Blaine. No, this is not David Blaine. This oh, is fuck. actually Penn Gillette of Penn and Teller. 
who you would think by the looks of them is kind yeah. of an even keeled dude. Weird he has, shit. He has a ponytail. He has a long ponytail. He's not exactly weird normal. shit. Weird shit. He's a professional. I I would. I feel like Teller would have like, hello, this is my son Jonathan. This is my son Gregory. Penn is the like. Maxi crime fighter. Maxi crime fighter is here. And you're just like, oh, Jesus. For my next trick, I'm going to sign this birth certificate that legally binds my child's name as Moxie crime fighter. That's the end of the trick. Now they have to go live the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's no good. There's never (laughs) never going to be a President Moxie crime fighter Gillette. You're you're immediately fucking with the the child up. You're probably not going to, you know, be doing... Got some good Moxie, though. Yeah. Love to say it. I would love to say it. Moxie. I would love to hear it. If somebody right. said I was full of moxie, ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Maybe that's your next uh, your next introduction. I'm Will Kane. I'm the boy with the most moxie. Full of moxie. He's got a moxie here. The next child is named Harley Quinn. <laughs> Obviously a role model that everyone would like to be named after. I think this is part of uh, Jared Leto's, Leto's character acting his like very mm. method acting he actually had a daughter he named actually did it yeah this is the child of kevin smith the director okay just we- weird what weird like, okay th- here's a thing if you become famous are you just allowed to be an asshole the answer is yes the of course. Is yes, but it's right. like but like in because kevin smith is he seems like a guy that is from like milwaukee what do, you mean? Actually, what do you mean by that? Let's let's alienate our whole Milwaukee base right now. I'm gonna disparage people. Okay, Milwaukee is a is a not a joke city, but it is used in jokes. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> it is a joke because it is called the Cream City, and that's not great. It's <laughs> <laughs> not great, Milwaukee. The fact that you knew that off the top, it's not of your great. Head it's not great, great, Milwaukee. <laughs> it's when you're like the second best city in Wisconsin. That's a big then oof. It, that's a big oof. Yeah, that's so, true. That's true. Uh, I'm sorry, Milwaukee. But back to Kevin Smith. He seems like he... I could sit down and talk to him and he'd be like, yeah, what's up, man? Like at a Comic-Con or something. And he, we'd have a conversation. He... What... So he just gets full... You can just do that. Like he, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. rose to stardom and then he... Do you think he went crazy once he becomes star, a star? Yeah, definitely become think unhinged he went, like, then. It's... An, it, Maybe it's a little column A, a little column B. Of like, I can do this now that I'm famous. I can name my child Harley Quinn and people can't say shit to me. Right. Harley Mm. Quinn feels like one of those names that you think as a a 14-year-old would be a great name for a kid. Yeah. And he never grew out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's Kevin Smith. (laughs) That's Kevin Smith, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Montague, which is an old-timey name. Mont, that's a good name. Montague. Oh, this is this is my because you can shorten that to Monty. Monty's a great name. Monty's Monty's all right. Yeah, Montague. Um, Montague. Somebody. Is there any uh, people with the last name Capulet? Oh. I'll give you a big hint. Okay. This is the child of one of the Spice Girls. Are you which fucking Spice kidding Girl me? is it, William? Just because she's my favorite, Baby Spice. <laughs> Now babies out here having babies. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the baby spice. I want Goo Gaga. Oh, Who no. names themselves baby spice? <laughs> I'm the most cherubish. 
<laughs> I'm plump in all the right places. <laughs> My little big cheeks makes me good at singing. Can you just not? Can you not? You're not even. You know, it's not. It's not a good look for us, it's is not it? Good look. It's gonna be the one that da- married David Beckham, isn't it? Uh, it's not. This one is actually Ginger Spice. Oh, okay. Mm, I haven't heard, this, a, this heard a, a lot from of, her. I think Ginger Spice actually lives a. I I Google her. She seems like she's a pretty normal, well-adjusted person. From all like, you know what? Don't at me if I'm totally off base about this because I did very surface level. <laughs> de- what if she turns out she's totally unhinged? But I mean, from That'd what I could tell. All right, last uh, one. Yep. Child's name is York. York. Okay, these are you. It went from like wild to steadily more normal. York this is, is not the worst. It's name not I've the ever worst, heard. but. I no longer associate it with a place. I it's a peppermint patty. Like you can't change my <laughs> mind. Like Welcome if, to York. If your name is York, you better be walking into every room with a pocket full of these peppermint patties, even if you have no affiliation mm. with the company. This is just because you want free peppermint patties. I don't even like peppermint patties that much. Really? You're just a so but you have a strong associate that's good branding. It's good branding. It's definitely good branding. I think there I think York is a candy. It's fine, but they really have that chocolate peppermint market cornered. Like they're they're the big player in that space. Yeah. I'm I'm googling a fun joke. You're, I don't know if it's getting He's googling. <laughs> this is the level of comedy that we're going for yeah. in this podcast. Yeah. You're going to google so, some jokes. It's a fun history joke. I is it somebody with the last name Lancaster? I hate you. Because War of the Roses. <laughs> Well, that was such a niche joke that I don't <laughs> even not, want to spend any more time on it. It's it's what the basis of Game of Thrones. I don't it's famous. It's not that famous. Who did it that who named their It child? was Tyra Banks. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> America's top baby names. Got them. That's right. Are we just going are we actually moving? One. I'm sorry. We're I mo- I you know what? We're going to move on. I hope that out of this segment comes a beautiful baby. That is your next segment. Yeah, from goofing on baby names to goofing on libertarians. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect that reaction. Maybe the hardest left turn. (laughs) (laughs) That was more more of a gotcha than this is the son of a magician. (laughs) That's what we call gotcha journalism. Gotcha journalism. (laughs) Okay. He set me up. To so this is <laughs> libertarians. Damn boy. Can we just before I start this? This is I guess you would call it in the news. I got it from Vox. But we'll call this segment Goofing on Libertarians. I'm I'm liking it already. Do you okay, do you have strong opinions about libertarians? You're from New Hampshire, which is the home of libertarians in my mind. It it's it is a stronghold of libertarian beliefs, if you can call it that. Like Mm. The whole like get out of our business, leave us alone, let us do what we want attitude is very, very New Hampshire. It's very live free or die is the the motto. Or uh, as one of my friends said, live free or die trying. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gonna be closer than. Or maybe you think he said live free article. or die hard. I don't remember. Uh, so this article from Vox is called "How a New Hampshire Libertarian Utopia Was Foiled by Bears." <laughs> okay. Which is, just, which is the <laughs> I'm biggest. Here for it. And the, the the under title is the subtitle is 
seriously, this happened, you should absolutely read about it. So this article is about a book um, that I have not read, but I'm actually, this is a book that like, if I had more time, I would probably get into, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm going to just get right into it. We can, you will have a discussion of libertarians <laughs> at the end, because I think this goes into some of the issues that I have. With some of the issues. <laughs> Every ideology produces its own brand of fanatics, but there's something special about libertarianism. I don't mean that as an insult either. I love libertarians. This is the the author covering their bases, which I agree with. There, I, there are plenty of great people who are li- like lean that way, and they have their own reasons. But sure, sure. Um, for the most part, they're fun and interesting people, but they also tend to be cocksure about core principles in a way most people aren't. Which I also agree with. If you are, if you, you've ever encountered a freshly minted and rand enthusiast, you know what I mean. And yet, one of the things that makes political philosophy so amusing is that it's mostly abstract. You can't really prove anything. It's just a never-ending argument about values. Every now and again, though, reality intervenes in a way that illustrates the absurdity of particular ideas. Something like this happened in the mid-2000s in a small New Hampshire town called Grafton. Oh, Do you know Grafton? Yeah, I don't live too far from Grafton, actually. Yeah. Oh. Matthew Hung's... Oh, my goodness. Matthew Hung-Goltz Hetling, author of a new book called A Libertarian Walks Into a Bear, which is a <laughs> fucking great name for a book. This That's guy, fantastic. This guy seems great. Uh, says it's, quote, the boldest social experiment in modern American history. I don't know if it's the boldest, but it's definitely one of the strangest. The experiment was called the Free Town Project. It later became the Free State Project. And the goal was simple. Take over Grafton's local government and turn it into a libertarian utopia. I mean, if you, that's kind of how democracy works. Like, if you just convince enough people, you could do it yeah. theoretically. I think it's it, the the idea of a hostile takeover makes me think of Wild Wild Country, I just, where they just like take over the town. Totally, and it's much more libertarian to do a hostile takeover than wait around for some phony oh, democracy yeah. to go through. The movement was cooked up by a small ragtag libertarian activist who saw it saw in Grafton a unique opportunity to realize their dreams of a perfectly logical and perfectly market based community. Needless to say, Utopia never arrived. But the bears did. I promise I'll explain below. That's that's, a fun, <laughs> that's the Vox where it's like, please Vox, keep reading, please. Vox, Vox is just like, let their authors go wild, don't they? Let them do whatever they want, yeah. I reached out to Hangoltz Hetling to talk about his book. I wanted to know what happened in New Hampshire and why the experiment failed, and what the whole saga can teach us not just about libertarianism, but about the dangers of loving theory more than reality. I lightly edited a transcript of our conversation follows. So this is an interview. This is a back and forth, but it's like, it's, it's, it's actually like a page turner. Like I, I read it and I was like, this is good. Okay. So this, I'm going to try to do different voices so you can tell who's <laughs> okay. talking. So, uh, the, the interviewer is named Sean, uh, Ealing, uh, and he starts, actually they start, I don't know if it's a man or a woman. Um, how would you describe the Freetown Project to someone who doesn't know anything? This is Matthew. I think Matthew. <laughs> How would you like describe a... it to the person who knows nothing, aka the target recipient of your of your primary <laughs> electorate? Yep, exactly. Like, hey, just give us a TLDR. We I don't got a lot of time. I don't here. got a lot of time here. Matthew seems like 
I'm imagining just like a New Hampshire man, which in my mind is like gray beard, mm-hmm. like a cool hat, like one of those wide rim hat, like a vest. I don't oh, know no, if this it's, is actually it's what it's definitely like. some some element of camo in his in his ensemble, mm. and some kind of or, or like a nice uh, a nice uh, plaid, you know, a tasteful well, plaid, like mm-hmm. tasteful plaid. I'd put it like this. There's a national community of libertarians that has developed over the last 40 or 50 years, and they've never really had a place to call their own. They've never been in charge of a nation or a state or even a city. And they've always really wanted to create a community that would showcase what would happen if they implemented their principles on a broad scale. So in 2004, a group of them decided they wanted to take some action on this deficiency, and they decided to launch what they called the Freetown Project. They set out a call to a bunch of loosely affiliated na- national libertarians and told everyone to move to one spot and found this utopia community that would then serve as a shining jewel for the world to see. That libertarian philosophies worked not only in theory, but in practice. And they chose a town in rural New Hampshire called Grafton that already had fewer than a thousand people in it. And I they like just, the, just like Wild Wild Country, they just like looked at a map of America and like picked a corner and were like, no one lives here. Let's go there. Yeah, (laughs) They're also like New Hampshire. Yeah, of course. It's the Oregon of the Northeast. They didn't even need to say loosely affiliated (laughs) libertarian. I think libertarians by their nature are Are pretty unaffiliated. Individualistic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they just started showing up and started working to take over the town government and rid and get rid of every rule and regulation and tax expense that they could. Of all the towns in the world, why Grafton? They didn't choose it in a vacuum. They actually conducted a very careful and thorough search. They zeroed in on the one state of New Hampshire fairly quickly because that's the live free or die state. (laughs) It's right on the poster. It is. They knew it would align well with their philosophy of individualism and personal responsibility. But once they decided on New Hampshire... That actually visited dozens of small. They actually visited dozens of small towns looking for the perfect mix of factors that would enable them to take over, aka a small population. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my little editorialism. Uh, what they needed was a town that was small enough that they could come up and elbow the existing citizenry somewhere where land was cheap, where they could come in and buy up a bunch of land and the kind of host their incoming colonists. And they wanted a place that had no zoning because they wanted to be able to live in, quote, (laughs) non-traditional housing situations and not have to go through the rigmarole of building or buying expensive homes or pre-existing homes. Wait, what do you mean by non-traditional? Yeah, what does that mean? What is a non-traditional home for a libertarian? As the people of Grafton soon found out, a non-traditional housing situation meant a camp in the woods or a bunch (laughs) of shipping containers or whatever (laughs) next on tlc you've heard of tiny (laughs) homes how about libertarian non-traditional homes that's the fad that's sweeping sweeping the nation you can have this whole house for five dollars it's just (laughs) a sheet that's held up by twigs and there's no zoning there's no toilets (laughs) there's no safety protocols and it's not even really technically a home it's non-traditional from tiny homes comes no home. Because <laughs> homeless, but in the woods, <laughs> so it's camping. Tiniest home, minuscule home. <laughs> Non-traditional Microsc- home. Microscopic home. <laughs> you can't even see it, but this is $1,000. <laughs> this well, isn't a libertarian house. This is a libertarian home. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, they brought in yurts and mobile homes. That's great. That's really the, they were, the new they were neighbors really, are really their concerned own homes. with the zoning laws when they wanted to bring their fucking RV in. I can't. That's all they wanted to do. <laughs> they formed a little cluster of cabins and tents. There was one location called Tent City. Where a bunch oh, of people just lived in tents from day to day. You know, an alternate name for our podcast could have been Tent City, but we decided to go <laughs> to not go that direction. It's like it's like a Hooverville, except not in New York right. in the Great Depression. They created their own Great Depression. <laughs> We're preparing for the next Great Depression by living in what we call the Depression Tent City. We know what our ideas bring. And we're just going to start in the tent. We got Tom, who's our uh, 1%. He's got a heater in his tent. Uh, we've got Larry down the way, who represents the uh, the underprivileged. Uh, you can tell because his tent's always kind of fallen over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they all lived under the, this broad umbrella term of principle of personal freedom. But as you'd expect, there's a lot of variation in how they exercised it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, there, if your one rule, if you're trying to live with roommates and your one rule is you do you, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> a bad you're time. gonna have a bad time. If you're pulling, if you're gonna be Ron Swanson trying to cook stuff in a place you're not supposed to cook, and you hand people your "I do what I want," <laughs> I, I do what I want card. That's no good. That's no bueno. What did the demographics of the group look like? Are we talking mostly white guys or Anne Rand bros who found each other on the internet? Wait, Rand bros are a thing? Anne Rand bros. Uh, they're called, what's the, uh, Proud Boys. They're called Proud oh, Boys. Oh, God, okay. Yeah, you're no, right. I'm just, listen, listen. I'm, g- I'm going to g- get <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. We'll talk about it after. He's, he's having a little cream city up in here, a little Milwaukee. Oh, yep. Uh, <laughs> Well, we're talking about hundreds of people, though the numbers aren't all that clear. They definitely skewed male. They definitely skewed white. Some of them had a <laughs> lot of money, which gave them the freedom to be able to pick up roots and move to a small town in New Hampshire. A lot of them had very little money. Why do I nothing get... keeping them in place. Why do I get the sense that this guy is exaggerating the number of people? When he says hundreds, he probably means like a, a few dozen, right? No, I, I believe over the country, I think you could scrounge up 100 people. But what you're, yeah, I guess. But you're asking people to full sail, like up and move their lives. I, I think it's it's less of a, because fewer, like at least like 50 people in like a cult, like uh, Jonestown was like 300 people. That's fair. Okay. And yeah, he got okay. people to go down to Ghana. Like that's pretty, like, that's a bigger leap for me. But I, I do enjoy that he's like, you're either rich or you're fucking poor. There's no middle class people here. <laughs> That's very libertarian. It's, it's like the hope or the wanting no taxes. Right. Uh, do, do, do. So they're able to pick up and come in. But most of them didn't have those family situations or those nine to five jobs. And that really what was what characterized them more than anything else. And how did they take over the local government? Did they meet much resistance? When they first showed up, they hadn't told anyone that they were doing this, mm. <laughs> with the exception of a couple of sympathetic libertarians within the community. And so all of a sudden, the people of Grafton woke up to the fact that their town was in the process of being invaded by a bunch of idealistic libertarians. And they were pissed. <laughs> they had a big town meeting. It was very shouty, very angry town meeting 
which is just Very a normal shouty. New Hampshire town meeting. If That's I, any small town. Yeah. Yeah. During which they told me that the Freetowners who dared to come, that they didn't want them there, and they didn't appreciate being treated as if their community was an experimental playpen for libertarians to come in and try to prove something. Which I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird. Just like, we're taking over your town. Sorry. Sorry. Out, please. But the libertarians, even though uh, they never outnumbering the existing Grafton residents, what they found that they could come in and they could find like-minded people, traditional conservatives, and just liberty-oriented individuals who agreed with them on enough issues that, despite that angry opposition, they were able to start their work, uh, their will on the levers of government. They couldn't pass some of the initiatives they wanted. They tried unsuccessfully to withdraw from the school district and to con completely discontinue paying for road repairs oh, I love or it. to declare Grafton a United Nations free zone. That's see, that's where all of these places get it wrong when they try to secede. That's when yeah. they really <laughs> when they cross the line. Like you really it, gotta acknowledge that the, the USA is not gonna let you do it. They're just like, not gonna let you do it. It's like it's the same thing as when people are like, I'm a sovereign citizen, I don't have to pay taxes and people go you do. You, you do. You're you a do, though. You just said it. You're a citizen. Sovereign citizen, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of the outlandish things like that. But they did not find... They did find that a lot of existing Grafton residents, residents would be happy to cut down town services to the bone. And so they successfully put a stranglehold on things like police services, things like road services, and fire services, and even the public library. All of these things were cut to the bone. So then what happened over the next few years or so, by pretty much any measure you can look at to gauge a town's success, Grafton got worse. <laughs> Re recycling rates went down. Neighbor complaints went up. The town's legal costs went up because they were constantly defending themselves from lawsuits from free towners. Oh, my God. The number of sex offenders living in the town went up. The number of recorded crimes went up. The town had never had a murder in living memory, and it had its first two, a double homicide over a roommate dispute. Yeah, so they're all sort that's, of negatives. That's, that's the the thing I was talking about, about the you do you. It, it, you got to have some boundaries here. Wild West. It just becomes Wild, wild West. Wild West. The hilarious part is that in New Hampshire, there's no state or, or there's, there's uh, no state income tax and no state sales tax. So like... You're slashing all of these programs so that you can save like a super marginal amount of money. Yeah, that's the whole. Yeah, that's libertarians. <laughs> it's my money. I want it now. It's ridiculous. And meanwhile, meanwhile, the town that would ordinarily want to address these things, say with a robust police force, found instead found that it was hamstrung. So the town only had one full-time police officer, a single police chief, and he had to stand up to town meetings and tell people that he couldn't put his cruiser on the road for a period of weeks because he didn't have the money to repair it and make it a safe vehicle. My the God. sheriff is saying, I can't be a sheriff because I, I don't be have sheriff. money. <laughs> this is the best interview question that I've ever heard. This is the, the cutting edge interview stuff that we need. Yes, 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 yes. When did the bears show up? <laughs> well, we, you know, I had honestly at this point, I had forgotten. I was just along for the ride about this libertarian <laughs> town. I forgot about the bears. That there's bears involved. There's bears involved. Here we go. It turns out 
If you have a bunch of people living in the woods in non-traditional living situations, each of which is managing food in their own way and their waste streams in their own way, then you're essentially teaching the bears in the region that every human habitation is like a puzzle and that has to be solved in order to unlock its caloric (laughs) payload. I live in this really cool town. Um, There's a whole bunch of... uh, I don't know. You might call them escape rooms, but we like to think of them as the opposite of escape rooms. And yeah, so me and my family go every day. And uh, and if you solve it, you get a free meal. Isn't that yeah, great? Gotta, it's really maybe, quirky. Maybe a few dollars is great. They pay you. They pay you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You just got to get through a few doors, few locks. And so the bears in the area started to take notice of the fact that there were calories available in houses. One thing that the Freetowners did not... did. One thing that the Freetowners did that encourages the bears was unintentional and that they just threw their waste out how they wanted. Yeah, you <laughs> got you got you. to dis- dispose of waste properly, dog. They didn't want the government to tell them how to manage their potential they bear didn't attractants. They want the government to take care of their literal trash. Yes. The other way was intentional in that some people are started feeding the bears just for the oh joy and pleasure of watching them eat. As you can imagine, things got messy and there was no way for the town to deal with it. Some people were shooting the bears. Some people were feeding the bears. Some people were setting booby traps on their property in an effort to deter bears through pain. So oh my they god. Home alone bear traps. Oh my god. There's just a bear that gets a hot iron on its head. It's like, whoa! <laughs> Call me the sticky bandit. <laughs> uh, others were throwing firecrackers at them. Others uh, were putting cayenne pepper on their garbage so that the bears would sniff the garbage and they would get a snout full of pepper. It was an absolute mess. That Honestly, that last one sounds like the least harmful way to deal with a bear. Like, I'm more about that than throwing f- literal firecrackers at a bear. Mm. Uh, they So these were black bears, by the way. Yeah. Like, that's the next thing of just like, they're which are not bold bears. No, they're, they're, very they're small cats. and they're, they're scaredy cats, yeah. But uh, basically, they were being rewarded for being bolder, um, and they became less likely to run away. Uh, there are great examples in the book of bears acting in bold, unusual, aggressive manners, but it came in 2012 when there was a black bear attack in the town of Grafton. That might not be seen seem that unusual, but in fact, New Hampshire had not seen a black bear attack for the at least 100 years leading up to that. So the whole state had never seen a single bear attack, and now here is Grafton. A woman was attacked in her home by a black bear. In her home, the oh bear's just God. like, oh, hey there, oh, you live in here? Oh, my God. Uh, fucking stick him up. Fucking <laughs> is a robbery. <laughs> We're here for your trash. And then a few years after that, a second woman was attacked, not in Grafton, but in a neighboring town. And since the book was written and published, there's actually been a third bear attack, also in the same cluster of the same little region of New Hampshire. And I think it's very clear that unless something changes, more bear attacks will come. Luckily, no one's been killed, but people have been pretty badly injured. Uh, oh my God. You're even fair, you're fair, even sympathetic to libertarians you profile in this book. But I do wonder if you came to see them increasingly as fanatics. <laughs> you know... Libertarian is such a weird umbrella term for a very diverse group of people. Some libertarians are built around the idea of white supremacy and racism. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. There was a case that was not the case with these libertarians. Most of these libertarians that I met were kind, decent people who would be generous with their neighbor in any given moment. So but in the abstract... So long as their neighbor was white. 
this, yeah, this this is the the kicker. This, I think this is like his great backhanded thing. But in the abstract, when they're at a town meeting, they will vote to hurt that neighbor by cutting off, say, support for road plowing. So I guess what I noticed is a strange disconnect between their personalities and their day-to-day interactions and the broader implication of their philosophies and their political movement. It's the whole whole mindset of like, I'll help someone who's directly in front of me, but I won't put any more thought into how my actions hurt people. Yeah. Uh, There's a lesson from this for anyone interested in seeing it, which is that if you try to make the world fit neatly into an ideological box, you'll have to distort or ignore reality to do it usually with terrible consequences. Yeah, I think that's true for libertarianism and really all philosophy is life. It's easy to fall into this trap of believing that there's only, if only everybody followed this or that principle, that then society would become this perfect system. Uh, And then the interviewer asks if somebody uh, became disenfranchised with libertarianism. (laughs) (laughs) One of the central characters in the book is named John uh, Babirius, and John had the distinction of running for the governor of New Hampshire on the libertarian platform and did better than any gubernatorial libertarian candidate ever ever done in America. And he invited the Americans, libertarians to come in and begin the Freetown Project. He was their local connection. But in the end of the project, sometime in 2016, he had drawn really drawn some distinction between himself and many of the extremist libertarians <laughs> that came to town. He's like, I invited you into my home. This is not what I had in mind. Yep. <laughs> And he's he's like I'm still a libertarian, but like, but you. these guys are wacky. Yeah. Um. And then, do they bump into the follies of libertarians? I think they bumped up against uh, the follies of libertarianism. I really do think that there is a hard wall of reality that exists uh, that's going to foil any effort to implement libertarianism on a broad scale. And I think you gave a libertarian a magic wall and allowed them to transform society the way they wanted to. It wouldn't work the way they imagined. I think it would break down just like Grafton did. Maybe that's the lesson. Yeah. So that I, I, one, I thought it was just a fascinating tale of mm-hmm. this town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is probably going to be my only segment of the day, unless we, <laughs> unless yours is short. But, um, I think libertarian is because I've talked to people who are libertarian. Like I've been to New Hampshire. That you're going to run into one. Um, I think as a political philosophy, because let's let's break it down into like the spectrum that people always talk about of sure, like sure, sure. the the amount of government it is way more complex than that but let's just simplify it so on one end there is liberals and like there's communism let's say that's the right. far end of all government where all everything everywhere. is the government and the government is everything yeah we as a collective has said this looks good on paper it does not fucking work libertarians are like we're on the far other end, but this right. time it'll work. Like, this time we're coming back and it's going to work. It just doesn't make any, just as a system, it feels very selfish. It feels very like childish yeah, not, as a system. You're not talking, the people that adopt this idea are not necessarily the most sophisticated uh, f- free thinkers um, that they might suppose that they are. You know, I mean, it's, it's, they haven't thought out necessarily all of the implications of every decision that they're making I, and like the I think real world the, actualities of what they're of, of, that will be affected. I think a lot of problems in our modern society is people don't think through things. They don't like that gray area. 
Right. They don't like the learning aspect of like the learning. <laughs> I've I've heard uh, anti-vaxxers be like, just give us a little part of the disease and then we'll like be good with it. And it's like, that's what vaccines are. You're trying yeah. to like you're inventing vaccines. And it's it just reminds me to I took a um a government class and there was the I think it was called the Articles of Confederation or something like that. This was pre-constitution. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was basically the first thing we had as a country. Right. It was and the, it was it was the different um it, it was, was the things that were going to become the states, right? Like, it, yeah, they were. Yeah, it was. It was basically like the if you want a national army, then like basically they're like, please, please, please give us money so we can actually operate. Like this is just like out of the kindness of your heart instead of like taxes. And so every state was like, why the fuck would I want to give money to you so that you give it to Pennsylvania? Like that I don't care about. I'm Rhode Island. Like mm-hmm. they have different problems than me. So why would I ever give you money? And so that's like, and it becomes like insular and you'll never get like the broad things that make this country great. I think there's an argument to me made about how much government, but these fools were getting these rid of the fools. police and getting rid of the the roads. They're getting rid of roads. <laughs> no more roads. <laughs> Just to save a penny. They're cutting off their nose despite their face. Like I don't, I don't yeah, understand the, the, the ideology. The logic is that they own, they own a, a pickup truck and a gun. And so they don't need roads and they don't need police. Similar with conspiracy theories, if I can ask you a short, like very easy to understand, like of just saying why or how, mm-hmm. and it breaks down your theory, it's a bad philosophy because it's like, <laughs> oh, how do schools work? How are you going to do ed- education? Well, people can homeschool or they can do private schools. Well, I can't do that because I have to work jobs because this is an all money based economy. Apparently, I don't get food stamps anymore. So I have to work a big job. I can't afford a private school. What do I do then? You're on your own. Yeah, you're on your... Well, maybe the government can give you vouchers for private schools. Then we have public schools again. That's just public schools. Where's the government getting the money if you don't fund them? Like, (laughs) it's just... It's very close. I don't know. This is me just, like, goofing on libertarians. Here's... here's, But here's the thing. If you want to be a libertarian, that's totally fine. That's what America's about. I fully believe in that. You You can absolutely believe that. But when you try to do it in a... This wasn't even a big town, this and they immediately here, right? it like they immediately messed everything up. So I think it's just like it's like you can absolutely believe in these things, and if you want to, like, I I was kind of on I wasn't on board of taking over a town, but it's like if you want to put if everyone in the town is okay with like putting this into practice, go for it. Mm-hmm. But it's like you have to live with the consequences, I guess, mm-hmm. of bears coming in. Well. I've been run out of Grafton probably, but I'm going to run back to Segment City to catch Theo's next segment. My next segment could probably help out the libertarians in their non-traditional homes. We're going to take a trip down to the department store, Will. We're going to get our free sample on. We're going to try out some perfumes. This is a perfume-based segment. One thing I love is watching... Or, or listening to a perfume perfume commercial because as people trying to sell you something that does not have a visual component and mm. cannot be communicated over a visual medium, it, you know, so food food can be advertised because you can see food, but perfume yeah. you can't see and you can't smell, and so I love how much work they put into trying to make you feel something that is complete malarkey. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Listen, I just want to smell like Jennifer Gardner. Is that mm-hmm. okay? I just want to like... I just want to smell like Ina Gardner. 
Ooh. The Barefoot Contessa. Or was it Ina Garden? <laughs> you fucking idiot. You just make a Food Network reference? There you go, baby. That's shit. what we're out here. All right. So what I'm I'm gonna I'll, like, what... I want to smell like Emerald. <laughs> so, bam! 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 Yeah, I want to yeah, bam myself with some bam. bam. <laughs> First, you get it off the shelf, and bam, you put it on yourself. You smell it amazing. You smell amazing. Come on, bam! You smell like a nice pot roast, bam! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's spaghetti sauce, my emerald. Dunk yourself in it, bam! <laughs> oh yeah! You smell like oregano. Come on! <laughs> you smell like a dinner, my emerald. <laughs> <laughs> you smell. You smell like a roast. Like a roast duck? Oh, is that a little bit barefoot Contessa? Mm. Ooh, I smell the feet. I smell the feet. <laughs> <laughs> real, made with real feet. Ugh. Anyway, let's get some perfumes in So this. I want to read you the some, some, uh, some descriptions, some little okay. some little notes on... I want you to come up with a name for these because these are... Because uh, <laughs> these are ridiculous. So okay. the, These are all from real perfumes that mm. cost... $100 plus for a little bottle. Okay. Oh, that's a lot. A modern oriental fragrance with luminous notes. Can I I'm going to stop you there. Yeah, we've already I'm crossed gonna, the line, haven't we? You there's there's so many different oriental is hey, not can you, okay. Can you tell that perfume like this is not marketed towards our generation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, these Orientals are always smelling very nice. <laughs> they got these luminous notes. They're great. I knew an Oriental. Grandma, no. Grandma. Grandma, no, you can't say that anymore. Please, you can't say that. That's not okay. Here we go. We're going to continue. As a prelude, a vibrant, sophisticated burst dominated by bergamot sparks the curiosity. Whoa. F- filled with promises. A generous heart <laughs> gradually reveals the striking sensuality of rose and the remarkable note of geranium rose leaf. Oh, my geranium. A magnetic trail centered around patchouli <laughs> and tonka bean keeps the intrigue alive. Whoa, hold on, Agatha Christie. This is <laughs> so much shit. Oh there's God. so much shit happening here. There's, mo- there's mystery. There's secrets. There's, there's a generous heart. Oh, it's Jackie filled. Star. It's filled with promises, not just could, one. This feels like a. I could base. I could actually write a a, a mystery novel off this of like After, filled this with is, promises. This is not a. This is not a perfume commercial. This is. This is a writing prompt. This is a full on writing prompt. This is. This is. This is murder on the Orient Express. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh man. So that's that, that's oh. sample number one. What would you like okay. to name this concoction? Grandma's had bourbon. Nailed it. Grandma's <laughs> gr- grandma's had a few uh, cocktail hour. We're, we're nearing the end of cocktail hour my, with grandma. My bougie grandma has had yeah. a little too much sherry. <laughs> grandma, I think that's enough. Your Bye. grandfather was filled with secrets. <laughs> he was filled with smells of geraniums. <laughs> Please don't talk about my granddad like that. <laughs> I hate this. He loved the people of China. Okay. This is not... this. I don't like where this is going. He had a very close male friend named Wong. He wrote <laughs> many letters back and forth over the years, and they met up several times. Don't ask any more questions. He... That... Wait. Wong smelled like geraniums. 
oh Wong. My. Wong was filled with promises. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to live a life together, all three of us. We're going to have a thruple. <laughs> oh, no. oh no! And our Grandma, son would no. be called Grandma. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma's blasted. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for the next sample. All right, next one. Uh, a fragrance with aromatic and musky notes. Its intense Ooh, and carnal character evokes a man on the move, someone unstoppable. A composition that teams the fresh and sparkling notes of Italian Mandarin with the green notes Ooh. of Moroccan Cypress. The developing notes of white musk are enhanced with the almondy accord of tonka bean unfurling an intentional an intensely sensual trail. This is I'm a fugitive with some beans. <laughs> <laughs> I got a good musk going. The baked bean aroma brings out the metallic tinfoil pot hat. <laughs> It does. Uh, it's like the beginning. I was like, "This is a fucking bank robber fugitive." Just like I'm in the wild west here. Uh, intense. I'm from some beans yeah, on it's me. An intense carnal character evokes a, a man on the move. Yeah, yeah I'm running from the law. I've robbed a couple <laughs> banks. It's fucking carnal. Why? Why carnal? I've killed a man, carnal. Carnal because I ain't eating no vegetables. That's communist talk. <laughs> I only eat beef and beans. My farts are terrible. <laughs> this one's called Beef and Beans by Chanel. <laughs> stupid. Oh, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for the next one. I'm Frank, and these are my beans. <laughs> Frank's beans. <laughs> Frank's beans. <laughs> Frank's red hot farts. <laughs> I'm a man on the move. Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm being propelled right now by my toots. I gotta go. I gotta go. All right, last one. Tailor made by perfumer Jean Jacques. This spicy, this fresh spicy note, a nod to the legendary Poivre by Caron, offers a modern and unexpected twist on the Turkish rose of exceptional quality. Tender yet gushing, enveloping but yet lively, this exposed explosive duo forms the beating heart of a powerful trail with musky iris-toned signature. So many different nationalities, but I think I'm going to settle on a confused Frenchman in <laughs> Turkey who's eating some gushers. Wee <laughs> wee! Oui, oui. I don't know. I am a little bit lost. Uh, do you like the gusher? So musky here. <laughs> I have not smelled this much musk since I was a little boy. As uh, I can remember from these gushers. John Pierre presents. Where am I? <laughs> Where is Libicari? <laughs> is it in S Istanbul or Constantinople? Constantinople. <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> there's so many French names I can't even remember. <laughs> they just throw, you know, because I think people equate French with class. And so they're Fancy. like, just throw some French in there and people will pay $10 more. By the famous... Perfumer Marie Antoinette. <laughs> Wait, why? Why comes <laughs> comes her new fragrance? Let them eat cake. <laughs> smells like funfetti cake. <laughs> yeah, no one's like by the famous perfumer Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carl here with a nice perfume. 
It's me, Rod. I've got your perfume ready for <laughs> I'm you. I'm Hot Rod. How's it going, gang? I'll make you smell like diesel. <laughs> <laughs> makes you smell like D's nuts. All right, that's oh, how we're okay, ending. Okay, Rod. <laughs> That's how I'm ending the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Segment City. Hopefully, you got a good whiff of that. Got a whiff of that. Remember, if you enjoy the podcast, leave us a review. Leave us a star rating. We'd love to see it. Send us an email at segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com if you have any segments that you want to present to us. Uh, and also... Hit up our YouTube. Hit up our Twitter. Segment City. That's where things are. That's where we post episodes. <laughs> That's mostly. where you gotta go. That's where you gotta go. Where you gotta go to enjoy some of Rachel Robinson's great content. You just did it. Great loud. I, I'm doing the whole thing. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you just cut me out. You gotta yeah. cut me back in, boss. Come on. I gotta get a little piece of the action. <laughs> I got bills, too. There's a SNL sketch where it's like, we're cutting you out of the business. And it's like, okay, do you know supply chain economics? <laughs> like, do you know supply and demand? Like, we're cutting you back in the business. <laughs> like, that's that's like you <laughs> I'm I'm cutting you out, except I don't need you. You didn't Whoa. provide me anything. Except All for right. fun times, this fun has been my last episode. Oh, Thanks, shit, Rachel. Dude. I guess you know what? I'm going to go ro- join Rachel's podcast. I don't need you. I'm cutting you out of the deal. No, don't do it. Don't do it. I'll pre- she'll appreciate my perfume goofs and my I could, and my celebrity should... baby name gaffs. We should just do solo episodes of the podcast <laughs> sometime. The band us, is breaking up. Just us individually being like, okay, for, so for my next segment... <laughs> I'm gonna do um oh, sometimes I'm, sometimes I present segments and I I don't know what they are. I don't know libertarians, am I right? Am oh. I right? How what what's Got the deal on. with bears and 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 tiny homes? What's the deal <laughs> with bears? Thank you for listening. We hope you liked our content. Please come back next week. Okay, bye.